Good morning, Woodville. I greet you from our home to your home. And a huge shout out welcome to all of our guests that have joined us across the nation of Canada and around the world. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Are you ready for God's word? Well, friends, we're in a three-part sermon series that we're calling Encounter. And we're talking about encountering Holy Spirit. We're exploring the theme of the Holy Spirit in you and through you and on you. And today is part two. And I wanna talk to you today about the Holy Spirit through you. Last Sunday, we talked about the Holy Spirit in you and we learned that the day that you got saved, wasn't that a great day? The day that you asked Jesus Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit came into you and began to live in you the indwelling work of the Spirit. We compared that with Acts chapter two where the disciples now with the Holy Spirit in them, according to John chapter 20, when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit in them, are now in an upper room in Acts chapter two, waiting for the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit. And then on that day of Pentecost, they experienced the power of the Holy Spirit on them. And that was an amazing experience, the power of the Holy Spirit on them, the empowering work of the Spirit. Well, today I wanna to talk to you about the Holy Spirit through you. This is about the gifts of the Spirit. In John chapter 20, it's about being born again. Acts chapter two, it's about spirit baptism. In John chapter 20, it's when they experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. In Acts chapter two, they experience the power of the Holy Spirit on them. But the gifts of the Spirit is when you experience the purpose of the Spirit through you. And it's all about spiritual gifts. We're gonna to discover today that all the gifts of the Spirit were resident in Jesus when he walked on earth, all of them, and then he ascended to heaven. And now he wants all those gifts to be functioning through his church. So let's get right to it. The first thing I wanna to talk to you about, number one, is the why of spiritual gifts. Well, I've discovered that when Jesus on earth ministered, he always ministered under the power of the Holy Spirit. John chapter one, verse 32, John gives his testimony because he was there when Jesus was baptized in water. He said, I saw the spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. John saw it. Luke picks it up in Luke chapter four, verse one. After Jesus was baptized, he said he's full of the Holy Spirit. He left the Jordan and he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. And then in verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. But my favorite verses is Luke 4, 18 and 19, where Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is what? On me. Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Throughout Jesus' entire ministry, he ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus, as he's coming close to the time when he went to the cross, he's at the Last Supper and he's with his disciples. In John 14, verse 12, he says, Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. When Jesus died, raised the life, eventually ascended to the heavens. What did he do? He released the gifts through his church to do the very same things he was doing. It's not us doing it, it's Jesus doing it through us. 
You see, the Holy Spirit who's in you wants to come on you and wants to work through you. You don't have the Spirit in you to keep as a container. You are meant to be a conduit where the Spirit in you wants to flow through you. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 13, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for me anything in my name and I will do it. Let's come to Acts chapter one, verse one. Luke says in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, his former book was the Gospel of Luke. And Luke talked about the birth of Jesus. He goes right to, to the end, to the ascension, and, and he talks about the ministry of Jesus. But now in the book of Acts, he's talking about what he continued to do. You see, even though Jesus is not physically here on earth, his work continues in and through you and me. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. Ephesians chapter four, verse eight, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he says, when he ascended on high, talking about the ascension, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. He's quoting from Psalm 68, verse 18, but he changes it up and gives a little deeper meaning because in Psalm 68, it talks about gifts that the people would give to the king, but the new meaning and the richer meaning is the king giving gifts to the people. He's talking about Jesus after he ascended, giving the spiritual gifts to you and me. Romans 6.23 talks about the gift of salvation, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. How many people are glad for the gift of salvation? Acts 2.38, Peter replied, repent, be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You got saved, the Holy Spirit took residence in you. I have people ask me a few questions about this. One question I get asked is, Mark, do you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to experience the gifts of the Spirit? Well, the truth is, the moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit took residence in you, and you now have access to the spiritual gifts. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have the fullest access to the complete list of the spiritual gifts. And not just that, there's an increase, increased activation of the gifts of the Spirit. I have people say to me from time to time, Mark, the gifts, I mean, healing, miracles, that's just in the book of Acts and prophecy and tongues and interpretation. That's just in the book of Acts. That's not for today. And they take me to 1 Corinthians 13, verse eight, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease and they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there's knowledge, it will pass away. When will it cease is the question. Come to verse nine and 10. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. Verse 12, now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. When will the gifts end, church, when we get to heaven? You see, I don't believe in the cessation theology that the gifts were just for the book of Acts. I believe in the continuation theology that the gifts of the Spirit are for today. When you got saved, Holy Spirit came in you. When you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came on you. And these gifts of the Spirit is the Spirit working through you to advance the kingdom. Well, I wanna take you to number two, the what of spiritual gifts. I, I wanna list for you quickly, I saw 25 gifts of the Spirit in the Bible, 25. I wanna break into three parts. Number one, the ministry gifts. 
Number one, the ministry gifts. We're talking about the what of spiritual gifts. Number one, the ministry gifts. Ephesians 4, verse 11, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. He said, Christ gave himself, what? The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. And these functions are the ministry gifts. Now, what do they bring to the church? The apostle establishes the church. I would suggest you the prophet enlightens the church. The evangelist enlarges the church. The pastor encourages the church. And the teacher educates the church. The ministry gifts of the Spirit. What's their purpose? Verse 12, to equip his people for the works of service, to prepare the people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. My job as your pastor is to prepare you for the work of ministry. It's my job to help these gifts of the Spirit to be lived out in your life so that the kingdom can be advanced. Look at verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, they will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blowing here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful, deceitful scheming. Verse 15, instead speaking the truth, in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who's the head, that is Christ. Verse 16, from him, the whole body joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as Christ does its work. Number one, the ministry gifts. Then there's number two, the motivational gifts. And I want to take you to a few scriptures, Romans 12, verse 6. We have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. Prophesying is foretelling. It's foretelling. It's, it's foretelling the word of God and speaking the word of life into people's life. It's foretelling and looking in the future and according to your faith. If the God is giving you the gift of prophecy, prophesy. And then he says in verse 7, if it's serving, serve. That's just as spiritual as a gift. If it's teaching, then teach. Some people have the spiritual gift of teaching where they can take the, the word of God and bring it to life and application to people's life. Verse 8, if it's encouraging, then give encouragement. I met people, wow, do they ever have the spiritual gift of encouragement? They just know the need and they go alongside. They know what to say and how to say it. It's a spiritual gift. If it's giving, then give generously. I've had people say to me, that's not my gift, so I don't need to give anything to the kingdom of God or to the local church. No, that's not what it says. We're, we're called to tithe. Evelyn and I give 10% to the church. And I want to thank you, congregation, for your faithful, ongoing giving of tithes and offerings, especially during this COVID season. It's needed, and it really is appreciated. But the spiritual gift of giving is when someone gives way beyond the 10%. I mean, they give way beyond what you could ever think they could give, and God pours more back in so they can pour more back out. It's supernatural. Then it says if it's to lead, do it diligently. There's a spiritual gift of leadership that God takes someone and, and use them to lead a body of believers into God's preferred future, the spiritual gift of leadership. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Some people come alongside someone in their need, and, and they're used in the spiritual gift of mercy. But then in chapter 7, verse 7 of 1 Corinthians, here's an interesting gift, the gift of celibacy. And some of you are thinking, I don't want that gift. 
Well, I want you to know that if God gives you that gift, he will give you the contentment with that gift. And it's a gift because some people, they never marry. They don't want to marry. They just want to devote all their energy to the kingdom of God and, and not have the responsibility of a spouse and a family. Paul had that. Chapter 7, verse 7, 1 Corinthians, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you is your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widow, I say it's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it's better to marry than it is to burn with passion. And then in chapter 13, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians, if I give all I possess to the poor, there's a spiritual gift. And I've seen people spiritually gifted to unpack, unload, give away most of their possessions. They just give it all away, supernaturally. They see a need and they give it all away. They're supernaturally giving all they possess to the needy. Then he says, give over one's body to hardship. It means giving your body over to the flames. It speaks of martyrdom. And that also is a spiritual gift. First Peter 4, verse 9, the gift of hospitality. It's right there in 1 Peter 4, verse 9. Look at verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you receive to serve others. So faithful stewards of God, that grace in its various forms. Well, there's one more category. It's the manifestational gifts. It's the nine charismatic manifestational gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. In verse 7, Paul said, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. In verse 8, he speaks of the gift of, of a message of wisdom where someone supernaturally gets wisdom from heaven to know what to do in a specific situation. To another, a message of knowledge where God supernaturally gives them knowledge that they wouldn't know in the natural, and it's to advance the kingdom of God. Verse 9, the gift of faith, supernatural faith to believe for what others could even dare to believe for. It's just a supernatural deposit of, of great faith for things that people would think are impossible. So another, the gifts of healing. Wow, I've seen people lay their hands on the sick and the sick be healed. They didn't heal the sick. Jesus worked through them by the Spirit. The gifts of healing was operated through them. And then verse 10, miraculous powers. Oh, I pray that healings and miracles would happen. They are for today. And may Jesus heal the sick. May Jesus do miracles today. Then he says to another prophecy, and then to another, distinguishing between spirits, where you got that spiritual gift, where you can discern the spirits. Is it God? Is it man? Is it of the enemy? To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Now, this gets a little confusing because when you get baptized in the spirit, the sign of spirit baptism is speaking in tongues. That's not what it's talking about. And when you get baptized in the Spirit, the sign of speaking in tongues allows you to now have a prayer language of praying in tongues. But this is the gift of tongues to edify the church. And sometimes God will give someone an unlearned language, often a heavenly language, and they've got a message to encourage the church, and it needs to be followed by the gift of the interpretation of tongues. Come to verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. God decides what gift he wants to give you. Come down to verse 27 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now you're the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You see, when Jesus walked on earth, all of the gifts were resident in him. But now that he's in heaven, he wants all of the gifts to be functioning through his body, 
the church. And then he goes on in verse 28, he repeats a few gifts. God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, prophets, then teachers, then miracles, then the gifts of healings. But then he mentions the spiritual gift of helping. Oh, I've seen people with the spiritual gift of helping where they spiritually come alongside and help someone in their gift and and to see God work through them. And then of guidance, which speaks of administration. It's the spiritual gift of administration. Look at verse 29, are all apostles? No. Can you imagine if there's only one gift and everyone had the same gift? That's not the way it's supposed to be. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have the gifts of healing? Say it with me. No. Do all speak in tongues? It's talking about the gift of tongues to edify the church. No. Do all have the gift of interpretation of tongues? Say it with me. No. That's because God wants all the gifts to be utilized in the church. I have my gift, you have your gift, but it's really God's gift in us being used through us. Look at verse 31. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Look at chapter 13, verse 1 of, I speak in the tongues of men, of angels, but I don't have love. I'm just a resounding gong. I'm just a clanging symbol. Look at verse 2. I've got the gift of prophecy, and I can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains. But if I don't have love, I'm nothing, because love is everything, folks. In chapter 14, verse 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. If you're tracking with me this morning, I want you to hear it. I want to remind you again in John 20, they experienced the presence of the Spirit in them. In Acts chapter 2, they experienced the power of the Spirit on them. But the gifts of the Spirit is the purpose of the Spirit working through you. I pray that God would wake up the gifts of the Spirit that are in you. I pray that God would fan to life the gifts that are in you. I pray that the gifts would not be dormant, but would come to life. The greatest kingdom impact we can have if everyone functions in the spirit gift that God has given them. You have at least one gift, probably more than one. God wants you to function in that gift. An unused gift equals an unmet need. And God wants to Well, I want to take you to the last part of this message. And for a couple of final moments, I want to talk to you about the how of spiritual gifts. And I just want to leave you with 10 thoughts, 10 pointers, 10 important things about spiritual gifts. Number one, they are for Christians. I mean, you've got to be a believer in Jesus first to have a spiritual gift. When you got saved, Holy Spirit came in you, and you now have access to the spiritual gift, but the fullest access to all of the gifts happen when you're baptized in the Spirit. You got the full access to to that gift of tongues, of giving a a message in tongues, and you've got access to the fullness, and you've got an increased activation of the spiritual gifts. But every Christian, every believer who has the Spirit in them can have the gifts operating through them. They're, They're just for Christians. Number two, they're not given for us to be stars, but to be servants. You see, at Woodville, we don't elevate one gift over another. We don't say, well, the the gift of prophecy is more important than the gift of serving, or the gift of healings and miracles is more important than the gift of administration. They're all equally important. Nobody's a star. The only star is Jesus Christ. We're the servant. It's him doing the work through us. Please be reminded of that. It's not us doing the work. It's him, Jesus, by the Spirit, doing the work through us. And then there's number three. 
These gifts can never be divorced from love. I mean, I read you a scripture a few moments ago that if we don't have love, we're just like a, a clanging symbol. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, love is patient, it's kind, doesn't envy, doesn't boast, it always rejoices in the truth. And you've heard those words at weddings and they're kind of nice, hearing a bride and groom, hearing those sweet words. But the context is all about the spiritual gifts and the spiritual gifts must always function in the context of love. Then there's number four. They are never to be confused with our spirituality. Just because God uses you in a spirit gift it doesn't make you more spiritual than someone else. It's not about your spirituality. It's about your availability for God to use the spirit gift through you. And then there's number five. They often build from our natural inclinations. I mean, some people naturally are encouragers. But when they get saved, something supernatural happens. The supernatural connects with the natural. And it takes that bent towards encouragement and, and brings the spirit to life to it. And the person who functions spiritually in the gift of encouragement will see a need and know the need and know what to say and how to say it and when to stop saying it. I mean, it's just led and walking in the spirit. Often God takes a natural inclination and adds the supernatural. And then there's number six. They're always developmental in nature. I mean, some of you are like, oh, the gifts of the spirit. I'm afraid to step out. What if I make a mistake? Step out by faith and may the church be patient as you grow in your gifts. I was a young boy and I remember my first bike, banana seat, high handlebars, the big back, hockey cards in the spokes. And my dad got me this bike and he was teaching me how to ride. He took me on top of the hill. I'm glad my mom wasn't there, but he said, son, it's time to learn. And he pushed me down the hill. And I'm going down the hill like this, and I think I fell, and, but eventually I got the hang of it, and now I can ride a bike like it's second nature. But I couldn't at first. The gifts of the Spirit, you develop and you grow in them. Then there's number seven. They're not proprietary. You don't own these gifts. It's not your gifts. It's not the gifts of Mark. It's the gifts of the Spirit. And so what does that mean? You don't own them. He entrusts the gifts to you and decides when you will use them and how you will use them. And then there's number eight. The gift you use will be confirmed by the body. If I had a tuning for every time someone has said, you've got a shepherd's heart, you're a pastor, I'd be really rich. I'll tell you why, because so many people over the years of ministry have confirmed to me that my functional gift is I'm a pastor. I bleed a pastor. It's how God has wired me. You know, God has made me. And I actually think that there's a teaching gift in me that God, I mean, a teacher likes to lay things out very organized. Point one, point two, point three. Isn't that me? Where the prophet person just shares the thought and, and comes at it differently. I'm a teacher. I think that's how the Lord has wired me. So I know my giftings and they've been confirmed in the body. Church, when you see a spirit gift in someone's life, affirm it and confirm it because that'll fan it into more life. And then there's number nine. These gifts emerge from a combination of desire and need and prayer. You know what I think? God knows. God knows the spiritual gifts that he needs fan to life right now in our church. And I think what we need to do is pray. Pray that the gifts will come to life in your life. 
in my life, in the life of Woodville. And in prayer, God will show you a need and God, God might even use you in that spirit gift. Wouldn't it be amazing if the Lord spoke to you to pray for someone for their healing and you laid your hands upon them and prayed and they received their healing because you stepped out in obedience to do what God wanted you to do and the gift of the spirit was working through you. You see, Jesus went to heaven and said, I, I, all the gifts were in me, but now I give these gifts to you. <laughs> we're the body of Christ. All the gifts were in Jesus when he was on earth, but now he wants the gifts functioning in the body. And as your pastor, I want these gifts functioning in Woodville Church. But then there's number 10, and maybe you never thought of this. These gifts are meant to function mainly outside the walls of the church. Yes. You know, I look at all these gifts, and only a few of them really happen during a service time. What's a service? We come together, worship in a few songs, hear a message. That's what a service is. But church is not about coming and having a service. Church is about what we do and who we are 24-7. And in the book of Acts, most of the miracles happen outside of the temple. They happen out in the streets. They happen in the marketplace. And we're in a COVID season. We know it. And we're not able yet to come back and worship on site. We pray that day will come soon. Amen. And when you've not been to the building for a long time, don't let that be an excuse for the gifts of the Spirit not to function because God wants the gifts of the Spirit to function right now, this week, in and through you. In just a moment, Pastor Brad and the worship team are going to lead us in a song called This Is a Move. It's a powerful song. And you might even want to stand right where you are if you're, if you're in your living room or in your family room, wherever you are, stand and worship in the song. And here's what I want you to do when you stand and worship. I want you to ask that Holy Spirit would reveal to you the gifts of the Spirit that are in you. I want you to reread these notes this week and look at these 25 gifts of the Spirit. And I want you to ask Holy Spirit, show me which of these gifts you want functioning in me and through me. And then I want to encourage you to step out by faith. Activate the gifts. Let the Spirit come on you. Trust the Spirit. Lean on the Spirit. Let the gift flow through you. Let the kingdom be advanced. Let the prophet prophesy. Let the teacher teach. Let those with the gifting of serving serve. I pray that every one of these gifts of the Spirit would be manifested in our church. I believe that the best days are yet to come. And the best days, we're going to step into those best days and the destiny that God has for us when we allow the Spirit who's in us to work through us. God has given you at least one gift of the Spirit and probably more. And it's time that those gifts are fanned into life. It's time that the church is isn't the sleeping giant. It's time that the church rises up and is used greatly for the kingdom of God like never before. We need the gifts of the Spirit moving in and through His church. I pray there would be a move of God. There are mountains that need to be moved. There are miracles that God wants to unleash in the days ahead. I speak that right now over your life, that the gifts of the 
Spirit will be in operation in and through you for the glory of God. Get on your feet. Let's stand. Let's worship. Let's sing. This is a move.
God, that this is a move. Come on. This is a move. Wasn't that a powerful song? Well, I trust today's message has been an encouragement and a help to you as we've talked about the Holy Spirit through you. Well, in our final moments, I wanna talk to you about the greatest gift that God has ever given us. It's the gift of salvation. And my question for every one of you today is this, if today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, do you know that you know that you know that you're ready for heaven? Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life? I don't want you to think you're going to heaven. I don't want you to hope you're going to heaven. I want you to know that you're going to heaven. People tell me all the time, well, my parents took me to church, I'm going to heaven. People tell me, oh, I read the Bible, I'm going to heaven. I go to church, I'm going to heaven. I've given in the offering, I'm going to heaven. All those are great things, but the way to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's by grace you are saved. It's a gift. You can't earn it, you can't buy it, but you can accept it. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to a cross for you. He died for your sins, and they put him in a grave, and on the third day, he arose to life, and because he lived, you can live. And my question today, have you personally asked Jesus Christ into your life? If you've never done that, or you're uncertain, you're unsure, and you'd like to settle it today, I'd have no greater joy than leading you in a prayer. So today you're watching and you wanna make your peace with God. You want Jesus to be the center of your life. You wanna step into a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You want that living relationship. You want to be ready for heaven. I want to lead you in a prayer. And if that's you, would you join me in this prayer today? Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Today, I confess you as my Savior and my Lord. I want to live for you, and I want to serve you all the days of my life. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, amen. I'm rejoicing today and heaven's rejoicing. I believe there's many of you right now, you prayed that prayer and you asked Jesus to be the center of your life. On many of the platforms that we are presenting this message, you will see a place where you can indicate that you accepted Jesus Christ into your life. I want you to indicate there that today was the day that you made the best decision of your life and you accepted Jesus into your heart. Reach out to us and we'll reach out to you and we'll tell you how we can help you in your new faith journey. And if you live in the Ottawa area and you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd be honored if you joined us in the journey. Keep joining us online. Go to our website. See what we can offer during this COVID season. 
And once we get back worshiping on site, come on out. We'd love to have you in the journey. But if you don't live in the Ottawa area, somewhere else in Canada, somewhere else around the world, and you'd like to attend a life-giving Bible-believing church and you don't attend one, reach out to us and we will help you find one. Well, I really look forward, Evelyn and I look forward to you joining us tonight for the call to prayer at six o'clock, Facebook Live. But I also wanna share with you, it's already been announced, but our annual business meeting on Sunday, June the 28th at six o'clock, it's gonna be a virtual online meeting, voting online, you're gonna hear more details about it, but members set that time aside and I invite you to join us. Well, Evelyn and I love each one of you so much. We love you dearly and we honestly miss you greatly. May the Lord bless you. Thank you so much for tuning into this morning's online church service. I trust that you were blessed by our time of worship and teaching and we'd be honored if you joined us again next week. If you're early childhood or elementary age, be sure to tune into this Sunday's online content. You access right on our main website in blue and white. You can't miss it. Uh, we've got some amazing stuff there for you as well. Don't forget tonight, six o'clock, we have our call to prayer. This is going to be a live prayer meeting. We'd be honored and blessed if you joined us for that. Six o'clock, Facebook Live. We'd love to see you there. Well, uh, just as I close, we'd love to try something really fun on all of our chats. Why don't you, in one sentence, uh, just type in what it was that you got out of this morning's message. One takeaway, one thing that you learn, one thing that you're going to bring with you. We'd love to see that as it fills up in our chat. And, uh, and may the Holy Spirit work through you this week. God bless.